Welcome to Profiles in Eccentricity, a show about weirdos, with your hosts, John Fahey and Darren Peter. Hello, folks. Welcome to Profiles in Eccentricity. My name is John Fahey. I am joined by the greatest co-host on Earth, Mr. Aaron Joseph Pita. And a man behind a wall of glass and foam and wood and other shit. There's a lot there. I'm Matt Brousseau. Hey, Matt. Hello. I can't see him right now, but I have a pretty good feeling that he looks good. He looks really good. <laughs> I can you. see him. Thank you, folks. Through the soft patina of that bulletproof glass. Uh, we are back in the new year. Thank you guys for listening so much. We um, kind of wanted to... Uh, just say, I think if uh, if ever we make some references to something you don't know about from older episodes, please go back and check them out. If we mention one of the names of somebody, it's probably in the title card of an older episode. Please go listen to it. Yeah, you'll, uh, you'll notice that we will we we have a habit of doing that. We do, and a lot of these stories end up weaving together in weird ways thematically mm-hmm. or just in real life. So And then we want to loop you into our bullshit inside jokes. Yes, absolutely. Because that's part of the... You know, it's part of the family. That yeah, we want to make you guys a profile weirdo family. Yeah. We love you. You're all profile boys and girls. Yes. And non-binary mm-hmm. whatever. Absolutely. We love you. Aaron, you got some... Yeah, I wanted to talk about some weird shit before we got into the real heavy stuff, John. Funny stuff? It's kind of weird. It's eccentric. That's for goddamn sure. And I think if I do a good enough job painting a picture, <laughs> I think you might have a laugh. <laughs> okay. So... Throughout history, there have always been these examples of mass hysteria, Mm -hmm. right? So, you know, let's say there's Beatlemania Mm -hmm. or, you know, the original version of that was Listomania, Mm -hmm. which, you know, yes, it's a Phoenix song, but it's it's from a a classical composer, Franz Liszt, who was like one of the original like celebrities, celebrities, you know, they used to take his, um, if he broke a piano string during a concert, they'd take it and make jewelry out of it. They'd take locks of his hair and like, you know, wipe up his sweat and stuff. It was like real mania over him. But... The stuff that was that would really get me are these stories where I guess what they're called. I looked this up. They're called mass psychogenic illness mm-hmm. or collective hysterical disorders, where uh, and they mainly happened kind of in the Middle Ages in Europe, mostly. Yeah, where whole towns would just start dancing hmm. or freaking out days on end. So um, they mainly there were various outbreaks from like the seventh to the seventeenth century. Um, and I'll, I'll kind of go over some of the three biggest ones. Um, one of the biggest ones was in the German city of Aachen in 1374. And nobody really knows how it started, but this one took place just a few decades after the Black Death, the mm-hmm. Black Plague ended. And so they think that it maybe is a uh, a collective response to the the relief of that stressor. Yeah. And people just didn't know how to process it as a group. Um, but people would just start dancing in the street and it would start with a few people and then everybody would do it. We're talking hundreds upon hundreds of people for days on end, dancing, jerking. Some people would strip naked, 
and threaten people who weren't joining in. Oh, God, that's amazing. Yeah, weird mob mentality stuff. Yeah. And this is also like in the day, heyday of the church. You know, mm-hmm. the church had a big resurgence after, after the plague. Uh, people were even having sex in the street. Um, others would hop around grunting like animals. Some people broke their ribs because of like the aggressive jerking. It was like a crazy punk show, you know, in the, in, on the dirt, collapsing on the ground, foaming at the mouth. And some people died like out of exhaustion. Yeah. Well, you got to fit in. Well, yeah, you don't <laughs> want to be the first one to stop. <laughs> like, loser. Uh, and, and then some of these things would just end. As, as mysteriously and as you know abruptly as they started, uh-huh. so that was that was hundreds of people in 1374 in, in Aachen, Germany. Actually, dur- during that time, they they kind of treated it like the plague, and they thought, well, maybe let's try and quarantine these people. But it just like got more people to pay attention to it and do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the tactics they used was like they would play music to the people dancing to the beat that they were dancing in, and then try and then slow the music down. To try wow. and like lull them down. You remember in the, the shitty Super Mario Brothers movie with John yeah. Leguizamo, where they're like moving the, yeah. the Koopa Troopers to the beat yeah. in the elevator. That's the image that I got. But um, so that that ended that ended as abruptly as it started. Uh, then there was the dancing plague of 1518. Uh, in July 1518, a woman referred to as Frau Trophia stepped into a narrow street in Strasbourg, France, and began a fervent dancing vigil that lasted between four and six days. By the end of the week, 34 others had joined with her, and within a month, the crowd of dancing, hopping, and leaping individuals had swelled to 400 people. Jesus. Just gyrating. And dan- well, I, nobody... Knows why, um, but, you know, people had um, one of the popular theories at that time, it's kind of later been debunked, was that it was like mass ergotism. So um, ergot is a fungus that grows on rye. It's where you get LSD from. Um, It uh, is a theory that the Salem witch trials were influenced by- That's where LSD comes from. Yeah. LSD comes from- From a fungus? Yes. I never, ever knew that. Yes. Yeah. Huh. Mm Mm-hmm. I love drugs, so yes, you do. I, I know all about it. I know, but it's been debunked mainly. If you get ergotism, like the the, the disease, the poisoning of it, you just basically get sick. Mm-hmm. You really have to isolate right, lysergic right. acid to really get the psychedelic effects from it. But this was another one where the um, the region was suffered suffered heavily from famine and disease, and they think that this was another stress induced mass psychosis yeah it's um almost like a weird self-induced hypnosis but uh, bit by bit the dancers stopped and the dancing ended as yeah. mysterious as it began and these this is not like you know bullshit rumor this is like historically documented oh yeah multiple sources medically historically you know government wise they documented these things well plus if we all did that in burbank flash mob dance it would be talked about forever yeah remember the time we all danced for four days yeah nobody knew why yeah yeah we could do it. We, we could. We, we try could. it out. Set it off. Hey. <laughs> I saw a flash mob in, in Paris uh, this summer. Really? Yeah, and they were dancing. Oh, fuck, I forgot. They were like, I don't know, uh, 24 karat magic or something. I don't remember. But it was cr- pretty cool. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, I love that stuff. I like seeing the, uh, <laughs> you know, there's that, that prison warden in the Philippines. Mm-hmm. And he makes all the prisoners do, like, learn to dance. Yeah. And they all dance to Thriller. <laughs> <laughs> and so like that, they all dance to Michael, and it's just like a whole prison yard of dudes in their jumpsuits, and they're just breaking it down. Yeah. And I think that's awesome. 
Yeah. It's way better than the guy in Arizona who's dressing up in pink and making him work in the sun under 110 degree heat. It's better than solitary, I'll tell you that. <laughs> hey. You know what I mean? I'm a people person. I do think that mob mentality is insane in so many different ways. Like, I don't know if I talked about it on the program, but like, I talk often, definitely to you, mm-hmm. about the carried awayness of, of the, uh, like, the witch trial times. Mm-hmm. With, uh, specifically, I always talk about this thing with, there was 30,000 in Germany, uh, right. werewolves killed. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, good thing they got rid of them. <laughs> And, and, like, the idea was, you know, like, it was, like, there was probably some guy that was, a, an, like, an early day serial killer, and they were, like, well, who did this? No no person could do this. And then, like, it must be a werewolf. Right. And so then, like, that, it also let the killer off the hook. Like, yeah, it's not me. It's yeah. the wolf. Yeah. And they would get that guy, capture him, be like, you're a werewolf, right? And he'd be like, yeah, I'm a fucking, what are you going to do? You know what I mean? And then they'd be like, all right, well, who are the other werewolves? And they would torture him until he gave up everybody he knew. Yeah. And then they would give up everybody they know under torture, and everybody they, and it grew to thirty thousand people executed yeah. as werewolves in Germany. Yeah, werewolves. we're not even talking about witches, right? Don't touch a witch. We're just dealing with werewolves. Thirty thousand. Well, I want to give um, you know all the thanks in the world to Germany for getting rid of that the werewolf werewolf population. Yeah, and I mean, because uh, they haven't seen him since. Again, a German on the same tip. Uh, relocated, uh, I think, like, in the 20s or 30s to Britain. And he came back when Hitler was in power. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about that mob mentality stuff. And he was like, the minute I got off the plane and I read a newspaper and I read the tone of the newspaper, I knew we were going to war. Oh, wow. And he's like, and then I went to one of Hitler's speeches, and all of these people had been lulled into this adulation of this character. And everybody was so involved and in love with what was going on. And I had this objective perspective from being living in another country. And he's like, and I felt so alone. And I understood why you join the mob. You would want to be like, let me find any excuse to be involved with this. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's weird. It's yeah. it's not so much sometimes joining the mob is not so much about uh feeling part of the group as it is not feeling alone. Yeah. Not feeling outside of it. Well, it's also just like that, like that village. Mo- What's everybody doing? Well, we're doing, we're dancing for four days. Oh, okay. You don't want to be the guy who's not fucking in the street, foaming at the mouth, do you? Do you? Right? Yeah. They're gonna be like, "Where the fuck is you know? Yeah. Where's Aaron? Oh, he's off alone in his tent." Yeah. Nobody's talking. Let's about, kill him. Nobody's talking about the people that weren't <laughs> dancing on a podcast. Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> They're gonna be talking about this <laughs> in four hundred years. I tell you. Yeah. Let's see. So, uh, oh, so back to this dancing plague of fifteen eighteen in France. People kind of uh, maybe attributed it to Christian saints, the ven- vengeance of Christian saints. Uh, St. Vitus, a Sicilian, martyred in 303 AD. You know, if you provoked his ire, he would send down plagues of compulsive dancing. Wow. So they would try and, like, find a reason there. But Really? Yeah, I don't, I don't know if that was... I don't know if that was it. Um, that seems like them trying to get control over the yes, hysteria. Yes, yeah, yes. See, I told you. Yeah. Oh, it's St. Vetus. Yep. You should listen to me. Yeah. Yeah. Just dance in the street. Right. Give it a month. Yeah, yeah. You guys are all high. <laughs> <laughs> and then another one, and this was pretty recent now. This was the laughter epidemic of 1962. And this was in what's now Tanzania. It was called Tanganyika back in the day. But this began on January 30th, 1962, and it was at a um, a boarding school for girls. And it started with the laughter started with three girls and spread just crazy throughout the school. 
like eventually to like 150, 160 students. The symptoms lasted eventually to like to 16 days. The teaching staff was not affected, uh, but the students like couldn't concentrate. The school, excuse me, the school was uh, forced to close down. Wow. In March. So the school closed down. Students were sent home. Epidemic spread. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So it spread to the village. It was home to several of the girls. In April and May, there were laughing attacks in the village, uh, now being school children and now young adults. The school reopened only to be closed again at, at the end of the summer. Uh, then it spread to the girls' middle school, affecting another 50 girls. It, mm-hmm. This was mostly mostly girls this time. Let's see. There was another school uh, that it happened to, and uh, it happened for like a year. Jesus. It went on for basically a year, and then it just kind of died off. And the following symptoms were reported okay, <laughs> uh, on an equally as massive of a scale as just the laughing. Mm-hmm. Um, pain, fainting, flatulence. Respiratory problems, rashes, attacks of crying, and random screaming. Jesus. In total, in total, 14 schools were shut down and over 1,000 people were affected over the course of like basically a year. Is there any kind of um, hypothesis? Another, another reaction to a stressor. Apparently, they had just won their independence in 1962. Wow. And students had reported feeling stress about like the higher expectations and the pressure upon like, hey, now you've got a new fresh start. We've yeah. won our independence. This is all on you now. And um, usually the these types of mass psychoses happen with people who do not have a lot of power. Yeah. And it's a last resort for people of a low status just to kind of, you know, just sometimes people, they will laugh in uncomfortable situations. Yeah. Right. I think, you know, the comedian Tom Segura talks about it Mm -hmm. on his podcast, a favorite of ours. He talks about whenever I see people like getting hurt, I just laugh. And it's, it's, I I don't think it's funny. It's just how I deal with it sometimes. Well, you remember me laughing when we went to see Boogie Nights. Yeah. I mean, it sometimes (laughs) I just, I, I, the, the, the scene in the, in the donut shop where a bunch of people get shot. I was was the only person of like hundreds of people that was like, (laughs) like, like dying. Blood splattered on Aaron's looking back at me on the lawn like, Jesus Christ, dude. (laughs) It's blood on the cruller. I don't know. It's just like over the top, uh, fictional violence, I think is, is very funny. Yeah. Also Uh, real violence. Real violence is also. equally hilarious so yeah i mean there there's a whole like study into this you know there's a a pattern of symptomology that's kind of well documented yeah and that the conclusion and it's still really not set in stone but that it's a a reaction to some sort of mass sociological stressor but you know symptoms that have no plausible organic basis so it's not like a spore you know it's not the trees from the happening causing everybody to kill each other right right right. it's not you know ergot rye it's um symptoms that are transient and relatively benign so like you know they come and they go and but nobody's like getting really sick or, or dying other than from exhaustion perhaps um rapid onset rapid recovery it happens usually in some sort of segregated group. In fact, it usually happens in more women than men. Yeah. And symptoms that are spread by sight or, or communication. Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah, like I said, a preponderance of, of female participants and the presence of extraordinary anxiety. So coming out of the plague, yeah. winning independence, or, you know, massive amounts of famine or disease in a, in a localized population, which is, it's, it's it's such a weird like group organism thing. Yeah. You know, like a weird immunological response mm-hmm. to some sort of external stressor that like, oh man, it's such a weird I, I, I was reading about this, I was like, Oh, this would be perfect for the, yeah. the show to talk about. Could you just imagine 
stuff like that. And all of a sudden, people are fucking in the streets and threatening you for not stopping yeah. or not starting. Hey, yeah. sign me up. Where Can I go? I'm kind of particularly fascinated with the laughter aspect because, like, I don't know. Uh, Norm MacDonald on his Mark Maron appearance was talking about he, he started laughing, I think, out of sheer nervousness. And he's mm-hmm. like, I, w- I, would, I would be able to laugh myself into a panic attack. Wow. And he was just like out of control laughing. He talked about like this childhood experience where he had to walk a blind man to a store and the blind guy was telling him like tell me tell me what's going on. <laughs> so he's describing like the world for a blind guy and then in the middle of that he just got this like laughing attack and was like and he co- couldn't control it. Oh my god. And uh I don't know I I, I I'm a very laugh happy person. You? Laugh prone. <laughs> guy like you? Uh and I've I've laughed my ass off at somebody laughing. Yep. I've seen somebody laughing. Don't have a clue what they're laughing about. Yep. But I've seen somebody laughing mm-hmm. and been and it just I'm like watching it and then it just like eats away at me until I start yeah. laughing. It's cont- it truly is contagious. And I wonder where the point is where it's not healthy. You know what I mean? Right. Like, at what's what, the but, critical mass? Like, like, this is a social disease. You know, everything in moderation. Yeah. You know, even laughter, which they say is the best medicine. Yeah. But there's there's definitely a point where like you got to stop laughing. Yeah. Well, bro. you remember that there's that video of <laughs> uh, it's Bill Clinton and Boris Yeltsin. Yeah. And they're just they're like giggling at each other in front of a podium, like they're addressing with the UN or something. I don't know. But yeah, they're both just cracking up, and they're cracking up at each other, cracking up. It's really really funny. <sighs> yeah. I had a moment like that I was in middle school, uh-huh. and the uh, they they had like an assembly, and they called us all into the the gym, and they had us all sitting in the bleachers, and the 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 vice principal came out, and she had to like address the eighth graders, you know, because of um, I guess what amounted to sexual harassment. Some kid was you know was like saying some stuff to a, a girl, mm-hmm. and she. <laughs> <laughs> She was like, and then he said to her, well, why don't you suck my dick? <laughs> and I lost it. <laughs> Just hearing her, Miss Amrine, oh, fuck, I remember her name. That's a trip. Say that, and yeah. then the couple of dudes next to me who were fucking snickering about it and, like, saw that I was about to crack, and they, them laughing about her saying it made me laugh, and I couldn't contain myself. Yeah. And then she singles me out. She's like, is there something funny about this? <laughs> I couldn't even answer her. I know how you laugh. I can imagine when you're lost in the oh throes. Oh, my God, just hearing her say, and wow. then he said, why don't you, you suck my dick? My dick? <laughs> oh, I lost my shit. Yeah. There's something funny about um, people who are supposed to be buttoned up being inappropriate. I remember doing acid in my basement one time, and uh, we started laughing, and then like it was like, all right, well, this is the evening's entertainment. Like that, yeah. th- there's no conversation. I'm, I'm I'm talking about no words spoken. Oh, like yeah. because then you begin laughing at the laughing from earlier. Yep. And it just went on and on and on for hours, just like fucking laughing and laughing and laughing. My third grade teacher, Ms. Conrad. Yeah. If you're listening, she's a fan. <laughs> Uh, she, she would tell me about, uh, she told us one time in class, I can't believe I remember this too. She was like, yeah, we were, you know, it was a bunch of us girls. We were in our friend's rec room or basement or whatever. And we just had this giggle fit. And then we would just start laughing at each other, laughing like you're saying. And then one of us laughing so hard that we threw up. 
and wow. that made us laugh harder. <laughs> and so then one of us threw up because she was yeah. throwing up, and made the other, there was just like laughing, throwing up, pissing your pants, laughing. Jesus <laughs> Christ! Oh my God, it's so funny. I wish, man, I would love to see that. Yeah, mass hysteria, man, is uh, mm-hmm. is 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 crazy. Like uh, there was one of those. I mean, again, on 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 the dark aspect, one of those fucking um, huge, awful southern. Uh, lynch purges mm-hmm. because somebody lied about a black person raping her because she was just cheating on her husband. Mm-hmm. It led to like thousands of de- and like people yeah. people knew it was spreading, so there would be like towns away would hear about it and they would send like sheriffs to the border, just yeah. being like, "Don't bring that mob here." Yeah, we know. Like, you know what I mean? Like we know yeah. this is catching on, but like just like a lie that gets out of hand, and then mm-hmm. a mob. It's and, just like, an excuse to do what they wanted to do, anyways. Yeah, but also getting swept up in that <sighs> hyper fever of mm-hmm. just insanity. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I think that uh, it kind of ties into this the the soccer hooliganism. Oh, very you much. Know, there's this book I read called Among the Thugs, and yeah. a, the this guy Bill Buford he joins the hooligans in the yeah. the, the, the 80s, and he describes the crowd. You know, there's a rush of adrenaline. And these people have, you know, especially with the the laughing fits, the dancing fits, all day, you know, they're like churning bread or churning, like they're they're doing nominal tasks. Well, actually, I think yeah. I think that's that is very interesting to me that I found out about the soccer hooligan ph- phenomenon is uh they are mainly fucking middle class. Yeah, yeah. It's they just a, it's, it's real, real estate guys. And yeah, shit. It's you know they have all this adrenaline built up, and you know maybe you take it out by laughing. You know, in the, in the moment when you're laughing because it's so obscene, yeah, you're spiking an adrenaline. Right. Right. There. Yeah. Yeah. Very much. Yeah. And that is, I mean, that is clear um, mob high. Yeah. The soccer hooligan phenomenon is just clear but, mob high. But at some point, the group kind of becomes one. Oh, very, yeah. And the oh, yeah. decisions made by the group is not an individual thing. It's a slowly, they reach a border where there's no going back, and then once they, once they decide they cross that border, that's... Yeah. Yeah. And everybody's looking to each other for clues on what the next step is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's a diffusion of responsibility. All mm-hmm. of a sudden, you're one thing, and nobody can blame you. Well, I was just there. Yeah. You can just say, hey, what did you I, want me to do? I was just there. You know what I mean? Uh, every, every single person can say, I was just there. You guys know about this porn guy that chopped up his friends? <laughs> oh, are we uh, we're moving on from the mob <laughs> yeah. mentality stuff to just straight old individual just psychos? It's a lone wolf. Have you heard about this? Talk to us, John. Tell us. Enlighten us uh, with your tales of eccentricity and perversion. There was this guy named Stephen Hill. He was born in uh, 76, 1976. All right, so he's 42, 41. He would be. Oh, uh, spoiler. He was born to a black mother and a white father who worked at uh, the Kennedy Space Center in Florida. He's got several siblings. Uh, after a few years, his parents get divorced, and uh, he moves with his mother to D.C., and, you know, he's still going to go spend summers with his dad in Florida. But when he goes to D.C., he gets bullied because he doesn't sound ghetto. And he's only half black, so he's, like, light-skinned. So he starts getting involved with, like, martial arts, right? And he develops this, like, huge love of Japanese culture and stuff, right? So he's still, you know, hanging out with his dad in summers. And uh, then he uh, gets involved with the ROTC stuff, right? And he's, like, 
like weirdly like getting into guns and saying like very young conservative things and his dad is just kind of watching all of this unfold while also being into martial arts and japanese culture yeah okay and then his dad is also noticing like he'll do stuff like he'll not wear his glasses because he says he wants to just try to see through sheer willpower right peculiar okay he goes to the University of Maryland, and he's just got, like, poor results. He's I, I probably got some maybe type of learning disability or something. And he's rejected for officer training for the whole ROTC, ROTC thing. And in 1998, the final year, he's asked for, like, he asks for more time to complete a test. And he's refused, and he threatens the teacher assistant. And he says, just give me an A. What's worth more to you, giving me an A or your life? Mm-hmm. I'm going to kill you, right? So he gets arrested by the campus police, and uh, he gets, like, a mental evaluation. He gets diagnosed with narcissistic personality disorder. Oh, he could be president. Yeah, exactly. And he claims that the teacher's assistant was, was soliciting oral sex from him, which, of course, the teacher's like, no, that's not at all what happened. So he's convicted of a firearm possession on campus, and he's under house arrest. And during that time, he just becomes obsessed with pornography, right? Well, this is 1998? Yeah. So this is like early days of the internet. Early internet. You know, um, mainly photo stuff, message board stuff. Yeah, but he, he starts just like buying a ton of porn. Oh, DVDs. Yeah, okay. and he runs up all this this credit card debt, like 20 grand. Jesus. This is according to his dad, huh. right? And, uh, yeah, I think the dad probably put some of... Uh, oh, man, he, he bought all these pornos. I don't know. What, oh, man, what a freak my kid is. He can't fucking... He can't pay it, you know what I mean? So his his sentence runs out under house arrest, and um, he, uh, he, he starts working for, like, mortgage companies, but he keeps losing jobs and getting laid off because of his bad credit and his police report. And... Uh, constant jerking off at the desk. In December... Of 06, he tells his dad, like, listen, uh, I want to start over. Just uh, get me a place in L.A. And he moves to the San Fernando Valley. And uh, he goes back into the mortgage stuff. He gets laid off again, right? And he he starts getting involved with uh, porn. Which And the porn and the mortgage thing during that time were actually tied very closely together. I knew people, like, when I was in high school. uh, I grew up out here in L.A. Uh, and during that time, you know, when, when, I mean, everybody was a mortgage broker. Well, everyone was in real estate. Flipping houses, right? Not even, just selling them. This yeah. was when, like, you could have the, like, the, um, God, I forgot what they were called. Your, um. All those bo- bo- bogus mortgages. Yeah, they were chop yeah. shops. Yeah. They had, the, like, the credit approval was in the same bill. Like, they were p- trading sex favors and stuff. Like, approve this and I'll fuck you. And then Jesus, we'll make, really? we'll make 20, you make 1% on a, you know, $300,000 house. It's, I mean, you do that over and over again. You're making a lot of money. So you had people who barely graduated high school. Yeah. Making six figures. Yeah. For a few years in in the nineties and two thousands. And I knew people in, in the adult industry and then they, like, that's what they were doing. Jesus. Yeah, they're making more money selling houses than they were. Yeah. Well, this guy Stephen Hill is a uh, he's a fuck up. So uh, cool. He, he gets out of that, and uh, he just starts doing the porn stuff, right? And you know he's like, you know, not particularly like endowed or gifted, you know, penis wise. Yeah, like, uh, but he just he just really wants to be it. It's like some kind of like weird thing where like he's trying to be a man or something. And power, dude. He starts. He gets involved with this. He starts sending his dad pictures. Of his cock? Of him, like, fucking girls. All right. (laughs) (laughs) 
All right. So his dad is like, what the fuck? You know, I mean, this is such another... Don't be weird, Elliot. To not be weird. Yeah, like his dad is telling the whole story and it's like, where the fuck were you, man? This whole thing went off the tracks. And so, um, yeah, his, his, his dad's remarried. He comes out here. We're, you know, we're in the valley right now. That's why I'm saying out here. And uh, he meets with his son and his son's dating a stripper and... They go out to like some fine dining place, and like everybody's embarrassed, and it's just all not good. And uh, basically, when he came out here, his sister-in-law, one one of his siblings, uh, you know, wives, was saying his whole plan the whole time was to get involved with porn. That was always the point of him really? coming out here. So he meets this guy named Herbert Wong. Uh huh. Known in porn as Tom Dong. <laughs> oh. He's Chinese. (laughs) 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 Uh, We're laughing. We're laughing not because he's Chinese. We're we're laughing because, again, back to Boogie Nights, which is also about porn. There's a scene where Alfred Molina is... uh, Smoking crack. Yeah. They're, they're doing the Wonderland robberies, basically. Yeah. And Alfred Molina is smoking crack. So, you boys want to play some baseball? Yeah. And then his little houseboy, <laughs> right. Cosmo, in is walking around the house in a robe, throwing firecrackers on the ground. <laughs> and he looks at Marky Mark and goes, That's Cosmo. He's Chinese. <laughs> <laughs> he covers his mouth when he says it like it's, a, like it's a secret. Oh my god! So he's so, funny. so he's Chi- he's a Chinese immigrant, and um, he like Tom Dong. I'm just gonna call him Tom Herbert Wong, aka Her- Tom Dong. Herbert Wong, aka Tom Dong. I'm just calling him Tom Dong from now on because it's too good. He uh, he's in the whole porn thing out here and um, straight. Yeah, this is uh, this is but uh, but they're like fucking doing that Gonzo. I'm gonna get into that. Okay, but he came from like a like an IT background, you know, and he was like really quiet about it. So I think it's like. Probably one of those like classic like Asian family. Right, you can't tell them that you're shame. Tom Dong. Yeah, you can't say, "Hey, mom, I'm Tom Dong." You know, you got to be like, "I'm a fucking analytics, whatever." And uh, he gets he gets like one big budget role, a big budget role in at that time because porn starts like failing because of the internet. Right, um, would be like a fifty grand budget movie. Right, right. and he was. <laughs> He gets a starring role in that, and but he's told by the director. This is Steven. This, this, is, Tom, this is Tom. Tom. Tom Dong. He's told to quote chink it up. Oh, by the director. Okay. Right? The film ends up never getting released, and it's kind of like a a, a mythic thing in uh, uh-huh. SFV porn culture. The two guys basically rely on each other because Steven he starts going by Steve Driver. Okay. Steve Driver and Tom Dong. Hell yeah. Steve has like a car and can take Tom around. Driver. <laughs> and this is the time of porn was trying to make the next big thing. So like like cashing in on some kind of new craze. This is when porn became a circus and not erotic and not at all Right. It just became ridiculous, and how stupid and extreme can we become? It was a panicking industry struggling to remain... And appealing to the lowest common denominator, and just being stupid. Yeah. Uh, This is the very much heyday of that. Uh, It was called Gonzo, and then very... Gonzo basically became the norm in a certain, like, way. Like, you know, 
slapping a girl in the face while you're having sex with her and shit like that. Well, okay, and there's that, that's that that is regular now. It is, it is, it is. Uh, I know you love it. <laughs> Absolutely not. Um, but uh, you know, it was just like it was just crazy, crazy shit, and you would have things like um, you know, the huge. Uh, the one guy came up with an idea of what if a girl had sex with 300 guys or did 300 right. sex Yeah, acts. the Houston 620. So now you exhaust all of the regular porn star guys and you got to get all of these other dudes in Scraping from out of nowhere of that get paid seriously like $35 to no. ejaculate on film. Yeah. And these guys, you know, would be around for all these gangbang scenes and they kind of like stayed around. They made the circuit. And made they the were circuit. known as mopes in the industry. Mopes. Mopes. Freaks at the teak type They're of They're like, you know, they're not that hot they're gonna do a job when they're called upon yeah. but like they're the front line of the but they're usually called mopes in the industry yeah well the mopes yeah. <laughs> they're still wearing their shoes yeah uh, and yeah. socks and and yeah you don't need to see their face on camera you know what I mean they, they like, wear they, masks a they, lot of the time these are the guys in those yeah. you know Bukaki videos and stuff. So you got Steve Driver and Tom Dong of course uh, one uh, uh, half black guy and a, a Chinese guy <laughs> And uh, they they become inseparable because you know homie's got a car and Tom Dong can get Steve Driver into the movies as a mope, and they they start actually beneficial. They start being called the Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker of porn. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they work for this studio called Ultima Studios. And uh, that's so funny. The, I'm not. Gonna, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna tell you tell later what a lot of their their stuff was. Okay. But uh, they do fetish stuff. Fetish okay? stuff. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. So they end up. They end up fucking moving into the studio, like Ult- like Studios. where the DVDs get mailed out and where you update the webs. There's you know like a like a. But there's a couple of guys living there. These mopes, yeah. and they're like waiting around for a chance to get seriously thirty five to fifty dollars. To ejaculate on screen and maybe some food money. Like these guys are living hand to mouth, thinking that what <laughs> hand to mouth. That's thinking... another genre of <laughs> thinking that one day they'll be like stars. You know, like there's a lot of delusion. Sure, in we're the... gonna make it. We're gonna look back on these as the glory days, man. Yeah, I'm I, telling you. And though. you know, in the porn subculture, there's a lot of drugs. It's a lot of steroids, mm-hmm. um, especially at this point where these these guys are, are are it's becoming like an increasingly violent towards women. Yeah, culture. This is at, like the Haiti of Max Hardcore. Yeah, there's a lot Went of to jail for obscenity charges. Yeah, jacked Florida. up fucking dudes. Yeah, drug guys on coke and meth and steroids and yeah. a history of issues. Yeah. So Steve Driver starts getting um, just a bad reputation. He's like he's a fuck up, you know, and he. He owes a lot of people money. He's not wearing his glasses. Yeah, he's he he's got fucking terrible hygiene. Oh. Can you imagine being in porn and being known to be like the fucking Steve stinks? Ugh, God, like girls disgusting. would be like, he would give me a ride, and I'd be I'd get out of the car after a mile. Ew. And people like you know like just like horrible things. And he's 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 asked to do menial tasks, living at the studio, being like, hey man, update the website, and he fucks it all up. Yeah, crashes. everything he does has to be redone. And eventually it's like, okay, this guy stinks. It's not really that much use for him. He can't do anything. And he's a weirdo, kind of. Let's just get him the fuck out of here. Right? So they're basically telling him he's got to leave. They give him some notice. And a couple of weeks prior to this, he was picked up in Northridge at the California State University because he was like, 
telling his dad, he was corresponding with his dad, and he was telling him, like, I'm going to kill myself, and I'm going to fucking take some people with me. And he was, oh, like, no. lurking the grounds of the university, and his dad called the cops on his son. Good. And was, like, you fucking just... So they, they, they capture him, and he's got a bunch of, like, fucking blades in the back seat, but he didn't do anything. Again, undergoes psychiatric evaluation. So anyway, he got out for that, and he's coming up on 34, right? Around this time. Mm-hmm. And his, he's talking with his dad, and his dad is like, yeah, you know, 34 is the age I was when I had you. Uh-huh. And then the reply he gets is kind of like him being like, oh, I feel bad that I don't have, like, you know, a family and stuff right. like that. So he's going further and further into, like, depression mm-hmm. and just being discouraged. And he's getting evicted on June 1st. Uh, one of the guys is trying to get him out. He's watching some crazy, uh, violent Japanese sword shit movie not porn no he's just watching he's some in the play. studio and he's he's telling this guy blah blah blah. you know yeah, i could do that man come on come over here and watch this blah, blah blah and when the dude comes over he busts out a movie prop samurai sword from behind the couch that he's sharpened and this he this is not tom wong no this is steve no i mean the guy that he calls over is no 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 and another mope it's another another mope that, that lives there and he fucking chops him Right? And the sword is sharp enough to like be like, he can see tendons. Ugh. Right? And so there's a whole bunch of other dudes around and they're like, holy shit. And uh, they start freaking out and the guy starts defending himself. And uh, fucking Tom Dong comes out trying to get to the rescue. Other people are getting chopped in the hand, defensive wounds, and they're getting chopped the fuck up. And then everybody starts like, every man for himself fleeing. And then when they're all outside, they realize Tom Dong's still in there. And they hear him getting butchered. Oh my god! By Steve Driver, the other two guys are like really badly wounded, like super fucked up, and they basically are chased out by Steve. And they're like running away. He he gets into his SUV, tries running one of them down. The guy escapes, and then he just drives off. And then he's at large out here for four days. And and Tom Dong's a goner. Tom Dong's a goner, right? And they were they they looking all over for him. And they eventually see his car around Chatsworth uh, Nature Preserve. And he ends up on somebody's property there. And the cops show up with like a SWAT team. And he runs out to the backyard. And the backyard ends in a cliff. Hmm. So he's on this cliff with the cops surrounding him. Waving the sword with around the like samurai. A <laughs> he's waving the samurai sword ready to do fucking seppuku. Fucking, you know. Oh. You know, yeah, Harikari yeah. or, you know. Yeah, one or the other. <laughs> Hey, Harikari! So he's, he's about to commit yeah, he, lo- he loves Japanese culture. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, violent porn and honor suicide. And they have a standoff for like eight hours, and the cops are like throwing him water the whole time, and then the sun starts going down, and they're like, we're, we're, they wouldn't, this is also very sketchy, they wouldn't say what kind of nonviolent weapons they were ready to use on him, but they fired something that was like pellets or a taser or some kind of thing, yeah. and it didn't take, and he just very deliberately sat down on the edge of the cliff and pushed himself off. And there's video of this on the internet. Uh, like, this huge plume of smoke comes up from his body hitting it, the ground. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's fucking insane. I do kind of remember when this happened. Yeah, this was, 2000, all, this was 2010. Yeah. You know? Um, and so, so basically... It, it put a lot of spotlight on the porn industry to be like, what the hell is going on? And people were like talking about there's too much steroids, there's too much misogyny, there's like yeah. too much fucked up stuff and this like, you know, race to the bottom. Mm-hmm. 
every and everybody looking for a gimmick. Like this guy, Steve Driver, he would do this. He would do this gimmick. Are we getting into the stuff you were going to promise me about? Well, no, I'm, we're gonna, this is just a minor thing. But he uh-huh. would do this gimmick called Monster Hands, where he would put on like some Halloween monster gloves and you know jerk himself off and. You know, and he and he would oh, and he would, and he would yell monster hands. And That's people, so erotic. And people man. were like, okay, whatever. You know, no wonder he didn't take off. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, he did do a role as Barack Obama in a movie called Palin Erection two thousand eight. Oh, not Nailin Palin, the famous no, one. No, 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 no. He no, did no. the. He did another one. The Dante's and, Peak of. And he did another one called Tea Baggin Party. Uh-huh. All based on political stuff of the time. I think just because he was a, a half black guy. <laughs> yeah. And uh, tea bag and party. Great. Um, director Mike Ramone attempted to capitalize on the crime's brief notoriety by quickly, quickly putting out a compilation DVD featuring both Stephen Driver and Tom Dong. It had the provocative title "Porno Samurai Killer." Oh my god! I mean, race to the bottom. Race man. to the fucking bottom. The cover art showed Hill and Wong wearing masks, a Ronald Reagan one for Hill, and fetishistic leather binders for Wong. Both men looked puffy and doughy. Though not a hit, the DVD did give the two dead men a measure of stardom they never achieved as mopes. (laughs) David Hill says of the events, we found the live coverage on television and the internet and watched in horror. This is his dad. Oh, man. After many hours, we got a call that Stephen was injured but in police custody and then a final call that he died. We went down to L.A. to arrange a funeral, his father says. We invited some of his friends in the industry whose names we found on his MySpace page, but none of them showed up. Mm, Top eight, you're right. This is Steve Driver's filmography. Oh, hell yeah. Take notes, audience. Ten Man Come Slam, 23. (laughs) Ten Man Milf Come Slam. Five Guy Cream Pie, 29. Five Guy Milf Cream Cream Pie. (laughs) Annette Schwartz is a slut woman. I know an S. Schwartz. One. Because <laughs> there's going to be more. Yeah. Big Boob Moms Like It Black one. Brutal Femdom Cuckolding. Hey. Now I, you're going to get into- Ahead of the times. What I'm going to tell you is this thing. Ultima, this this studio he was living in was really into. We were going to get into a little bit of a theme here as I go on. Uh, brutal Femdom Cuckolding. Chubby Milf Bobbing for Black Dick. Cuck, <laughs> cuckold Abuse and Femdom Humiliation. Uh... Come Bucket 7. Come Fart Tsunami 2. <laughs> it's a tsunami. Why does it have to be a tsunami? <laughs> well, I love tsunami. that he's in the femdom cuck stuff, because, you know, he's the it one gets, get, it, So that's the, that's the road I'm going down here. But I'm just going to say, I, I look to see a clip... Of course. Uh, of course. And I couldn't find any, but I did see a clip of, of Come Fart Tsunami 2, and it was it was very uh, femdom-based. So it's this girl just having the most disgusting sex with these two guys that are slaves, but she's also telling them the whole time... <laughs> she's also telling them... She's calling them fags the whole time and telling them they live with their moms. <laughs> That's what set him off. He's like, this is too close to home. Dude, this is what I'm getting at is... Is for an unstable. I, I left the real world so I could live out fantasies, not be reminded of the failure that I am. Yeah, for an unstable guy, dude, he just starts getting his balls stomped on. <laughs> movie after movie, movie after ball busting fetish. It's all femdom. It all gets into and dude, I didn't sign up for they this. They are stomping the shit out of his balls, man. <laughs> they are stomping the the shit out of his balls. 
I'm telling you. Oh, how? Ah, ah, ah. They are going bananas, dude. <laughs> they, you can't get, you can't get your balls beat up that no, much. No, I mean that'll fuck up your hormones, man. Yes. No wonder he's got to be on steroids. A movie after movie, balls for like thirty-five. 50 bucks? That's fucking testicular smithereening, dude. <laughs> dude, and I just wonder how much of this... I mean, I know he was psychotic before, of course. Sure. But how much of this break was provoked by getting the living shit kicked out of your nuts oh. all the time? Because oh. it, it's not like... A, a light ball beating and then we move on. No! It goes on it's and on. Focus. And sometimes it's two girls and they're like, I'll hit it harder. And like, I mean, oh my God. Name calling the ball busting. <laughs> so I showed Aaron a video. Or I didn't show Aaron a video. I told Aaron about when I was showed a video by my, <laughs> by my, friend, by my friend Dodger. Oh God, I who does, Frank was Who, who does me. art for the show? Uh... Um, Dodger, um, shout out to Lindsay, Dodger's wife, who also listens to the program. <laughs> Dodger is, was, was big on intentionally showing us, uh, provocative videos, like, you know, in the early 2000s, whatever. Provocative. And, and he, he was showing us one of these Pain Olympics things where, like, you know, a guy puts, like, a firecracker in his urethra and lights it. Right, yeah. There was this whole, like, subculture of the BME Pain Olympics yeah, on the internet just, in the 90s. A body modification. The, the, the very extreme. earliest internet was, like, who can have the most fucked up video, no matter what it is. And people were willing to play ball with it for some reason. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Dodger pulls up one of these Pain Olympics videos, and uh, there's a guy who has... His nutsack under like a uh, a hard plastic, clear plastic, uh, looks like glass. You know, very thick though. Yeah. And his dick rests above the pane. P a n e. P a n e. And uh, w- but he's creating p a i n by taking a brick and smashing it down oh, on his balls. I mean, and because it's clear, you can see. And so it's clear, you can see. He, th- Matt. This guy's smashing the fuck out of his balls. Like I'm looking at these nuts, and I'm like, that—that's that. <laughs> Game they're, over. That's that. Like those used to be workable balls. Now they're gone, right? And he keeps pushing, and he's pushing it down with his own arms on his own balls, and they are—they look insane, man. They are smithereens. Yeah, they're, it's they're testicular, testicular smithereening. Yeah, he's fucking, and and out of nowhere. At the end of Sixth Sense, he starts coming, <laughs> and my buddy, my buddy Juice was watching, and he goes, and the whole time he's watching the video with this guy smashing the living daylights he, out he of looks his nuts, away. He looks and he's looking away, he's covering his face, he's like, ah, 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 and then he sees the twist ending, and he goes, ah, oh, he's nutting! Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's nutting! Ah, oh, he's nutting! Like... Pure disbelief and shock and awe, man. Like, uh, Jackass was just pop. Oh, dude. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Jackass was nothing. Yeah, these these guys were world these champs. These guys were pioneers. Jackass was imitators. But, I mean, it's it was... Uh, fuck. I mean, oh, what? I first read the story and I heard about all the nut beating and I was like, this is... Nuts. I mean, are the two tied together? Really? Yeah. Well, I mean, you talk. Can about, you have I mean, your nuts beat up that much well, and not go you know, crazy? We, the, what's in the news right now? CTE, mm-hmm. traumatic brain injury. Yeah. Right. We find out that these football players, veterans, people in car, I mean, you find out. Oh, there's a history of trauma to the head. It causes right. 
you know, impulsive, irrational, sometimes violent or depressive behavior. Yeah. Is it that much of a stretch to think? Right. If you're getting your fucking nuts <laughs> obliterated, vaporized. I mean, you're... You're, for men, your testosterone is generated in your testicles. Yeah, and if you're already like a little off kilter to begin with, yes. that might be just the push you this need. This is bro man. science 101 right now. <laughs> <laughs> but, dude, I, there's something to it. I'm gonna look this. I'm gonna go home and look up testicular smithereening yeah. and. Impulsive, fucked up, and behavior. also, I mean, if you're in fucking Tarzana and shit, with I mean, like, that'll drive you crazy on its own. <laughs> like with a with a with a real beater porn crew, and then you got hot girls fucking calling you limp dick fan and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, it's not it's not a good combination. No, it is a confluence of factors that we you know you have to uh, you have to all take into account. I think there's something to this nut beating thing. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is the next big thing they're going to talk about. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. All the jackass guys 20 years from now are going to kill their kids. <laughs> <laughs> and they're going to be like, well, look at the proof's in the video. <laughs> yeah, you laughed at it. Yeah, you laughed, but that bull that ran over Johnny Knoxville's sack. It's <laughs> a real culprit here. Oh, oh man, That is brutal. Isn't that insane? He yeah. started chopping up his buddies. <laughs> Fucking Tom Wong. <laughs> <laughs> He's Chinese. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think that, like... I mean, this poor guy, it's his only friend. Yeah. It's his only friend. You know what I mean? Like, what are you doing? This fucking poor guy. He's fucking mopes. He comes from IT background. He's waiting for 35 bucks to nut. Oh, <laughs> oh man. <laughs> and I bet, like, getting your nuts beat so ruthlessly probably fucks up your money making. I mean, it, it probably fucks up a lot, dude. Femdom, cuckolding, and ball-busting gangbang with Cindy Rose. <laughs> Harry Bush femdom ball-busters. A lot of femdom. Yeah, well, I mean, they, they're they beating your balls up. They got a Harry Bush. Well, this is why he was watching all the violence towards women stuff, is because these women were being violent towards him, right? Don't waste it. Taste it, too. <laughs> what? <laughs> it could be anything. <laughs> it could be anything. <laughs> it could be anything. <laughs> <laughs> what on earth are they talking about? Recycle. Oh God. Yeah, it was a uh, it was a, f- a food waste documentary. So okay, yeah. So then they uh, that, so they got P- Palin erection two thousand eight. Oh, was that also like a Tom Wong feature? Dude, they did two different fucking releases capitalizing on this murder. That is porno samurai killer and samurai sword killing porn star. <laughs> like, what a bunch of fucking douchebags! Yeah, you know those guys. Yeah, don't do that. They lived the, the murder happened there, and I, I. But I think this kind of like also like exposed the culture of the mopes. Yeah. So then there will be movies that were coming out called Mope Squad. Oh, and what? shit. Yeah, like look at all these losers. Uh, yeah, that is fucked up. It's pretty fucked up. But yeah, there is that crew of guys that get paid forty. But I mean, you and I know a guy in the industry, and oh yeah, and um, <laughs> I was like, who? And um, <laughs> yeah, you know, they just do these fucking you know 
Bukaki videos or whatever where they pay the guys yeah. five bucks to show up and they wear a fucking Skeletor mask or a bandana and they they walk in with their Timberlands and socks on and nothing else and then you know. yeah and and like they're saying that like to get these guys to have this novelty of a hundred guys nutting which seriously nobody needs nobody nobody ever you know who the market the market is not tomorrow is those guys not yeah no the only guys buying those videos are those guys yeah nobody needs they're using that 35 dollars to go buy the dvd so some of these dudes have like they're saying like you know like oh is that a skinhead tattoo like you know what i mean like yeah like oh is that guy in an sfv like nazi i think he might be yeah it's like dude's out of jail. Yeah. I'm not joking. The, yeah. Homeless guy. Homeless guy. Try it out. Oh, he's got a friend. Give you a lease and a key. <laughs> yeah. You, Steve Driver, Tom. You can stay at the studio. Fucking rap DVDs. You want to get your nuts stuck on? Try it out. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not trying to make light. Oh, but it, but oh my god, what sheer hysteria! Oh, samurai swords and <laughs> nut beatings. Jesus Christ. It's the end of an empire, dude. Yeah. We are on the way out, huh? Yeah. We are this close to some mass... That'll do dancing. it. Dancing. <laughs> some mass dancing, yes. <laughs> A big conga line out yeah, of... Just mo- out mo- balls. Mo- mo- <laughs> mope squad uh, <laughs> flash mob. Yeah. Just a bunch of naked dudes jo- yeah. stroking in unison in Times Square. Yeah, just a conga line off the cliff that <laughs> Steve jumped <laughs> off of fucking douchebags. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think uh, I think that's about it for us folks I'm sorry for all yeah that. we're sorry but also not, not. sorry uh, what do we have coming up John um, what do we have coming we've up? got uh, you know actually our good good friends world renowned pickup artists yeah Heath Barcelona and his protege Randy Rig, Randy Rig mm-hmm. are going to be doing a live seminar at Akbar. January 7th, my birthday. January 7th. Oh, your birthday. What a treat Mm, for you. Very much. Uh, January 7th, the show Entertaining Julia with Mm -hmm. the Putterboss sisters and Beth Stelling. Yes. And and so we'll be there doing um, a live seminar teaching uh, all these... Fuckers had to pick up. A little bit of bro science. A little bit of bro science 101. Yes. Um, please check out uh, Matt's podcast, Bleak and Review. Always great. New episode That's out right. with uh, Travis Clark and Kevin Noonan. And, you know, we've got to thank the uh, the Profile family because guess what? Since the last episode, uh huh. guess what happened, John? What happened? Our episode of Bleak and Review has regained the top spot. Profiles listeners made us regain the crown. That thank you, guys. Correct. We couldn't have done it without you. Yes, we love you. Um, yeah, and you know what? Go back, pile it on, mm-hmm. but also go back and listen to some of the other Bleak and Review episodes. Yeah! A lot of good ones there. <laughs> you good. bet! Matt, do you have a favorite? Other than obviously ours. Uh, with the, we had, with Emily Maya Mills and uh, Whitney Melton was a good one. That's a recent very, one. That was a fun one. Very, that was very a fun one. Crew. Yeah. He had a hard life, you know, a lot of pints. That's <laughs> my favorite line in the episode. Pints. <laughs> he had a hard life, comma, a lot of pints. Because <laughs> I know what he means. Yeah. <laughs> he had a hard life, you know, a lot of pints. A lot of pints. Uh, we've got a lot of good ones coming up on our own show. Yeah, we're going to be doing a little bit of uh, uh, media eccentricity, which yeah. I'm very excited yeah. about. Uh, just weird things that exist. Uh, 
Yeah, that, crazy uh, unreleased video games. Yeah, we're gonna uh, celebrity pl- interviews. Pluck out of obscurity and uh, show to you guys just to be like, hey, what the fuck? What do you think? Yeah. Um, uh, you know, urban legends of the London Underground. Yes. Yes. Um, I want to uh, also say hi to uh, Jesse Latchett and uh, thank her for her suggestions and uh, continuing to listen to the program. And uh, Lindsay and Dodger, and uh, that's about it for uh, me. Fan art. Fan art by Dodger will continue to be. Oh, my God. Jenny <laughs> Jay-Z yeah. at the glory hole yeah. on Instagram. Are you kidding me? 8675-30-nutload. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I tried calling it, and I couldn't fit all the numbers on my phone. Oh, yeah, that's hard. <laughs> uh, we love you guys. I am saying goodnight. My name is John Fahey. Thank you for listening to Profiles in Eccentricity. I am Aaron Pita. Thank you, and uh, stay away from the testicular smithereening. Stay away, guys. Say goodnight, Matt. <laughs> Thanks for listening, folks. Love you. Bye. Testicular. <laughs> <laughs>